Hello, my name is Mathilde Cagney. I am the uh, dog trainer of the dog stars that you see in movies and televisions, such as Frasier and Marley and Me, As Good As It Gets, Back to the Future. I've been doing this amazing job for over 30 years now, and I am excited to share with you some of the stories and tricks that I've used through the years. And I am thrilled to be on the podcast Never Just a Dog with John today. So you're in Santa Monica? Uh, yes, Venice, Santa Monica, yes. I've got very good memories of uh, Santa Monica. I love it. Yeah, it is nice. I, I, It's close to paradise here in Santa Monica. You know, the weather, <laughs> we're at the end of the world, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the beach and the weather and people, everything about it is kind of exciting, but also... The best part is that almost in the day, if you're ambitious, you can actually go surfing, horseback riding, skiing, and hiking in the high desert. So um, it's all within two hours range of uh, driving time. So it's pretty special. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So how's life for you? What, what have you been up to for the last six, 12 months? Well, I just, uh, I've been working a lot ever since actually COVID hit and mostly because I'm going to go back more than like actually two years, but I'll be fast because it all chain train one after another. So during COVID, we, I had started not really production, but talking with a production of a movie called Arthur the King which is based on a true story of a um, a race that's been done every couple of years in um, countries like uh, Ecuador or Costa Rica. And, um, and it's basically the amazing story of this dog that follows a team. And it was made into a book. It follows a, a, a racing team. It's a... Uh, endurance race where a team of three men and one woman have to walk or run or kayak, um, hike about 500 miles within as least days as possible. Anyway, so so the story is this dog that follows his team and he's, he's very healed and um, ultimately they connect and and team turned out to sacrifice their their race to save the dog and so it's very beautiful emotional and a true story and it was shot in Dominican Republic and we ended up working through covid over there which was absolutely amazing we were outdoors and on the beach and mountains and jungles and 
And from there, I went on to do a movie with Sophie, whom you just met earlier. She's a Border Terrier. Sophie and a bunch of other dogs. Um, it's called Strays. It'll come out in June 23. And it's a story of the adventure. It's a kind of a parody of uh, The Incredible Journey. And uh, it's parody because there's a, a lot of takeoff on other uh, dog movies. Like Lassie and Rin Tin Tin and Up and you name it. And it's basically the story of four dogs that um, have a incredible journey trying to look for one of the dog's owners to get back at him because he's been a, 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 a bad dog owner. And they want to have revenge for him not treating little Sophie that actually is a male in the movie. His name is Reggie. And so it's wonderful. It's funny. And they have all kinds of adventures, and there is about four other characters, and then, of course, other other dogs. And most recently, I just got back from France, where um, I was in charge of coordinating and training about 20 dogs for the uh, upcoming Luc Besson movie called Dogman, and with uh, Caleb Landry-Jones. And this was really exciting because a big project, very ambitious, but also a way to look at dogs and relationship with dogs different than has been done before. So uh, it's a beautiful emotional story about this young kid that has uh, been uh, disappointed, deschewed by life because of uh, his dad being um, alcoholic and abuse it. And so it's the story of his life as a kid and and growing up with his background, um, growing up with an abusive dad and brother and dogs. So I don't know when that will come out, but it, it was it was truly a, a great, great experience as well. So my last couple of years, I've been so busy and I'm so fortunate. And this is after doing already 35 years of other amazing adventures with my pals, all the dogs and, you know, great actors and producers and so on. So I feel extremely blessed. I, I mean, I am <laughs> to be doing this, this job and had had so many adventures where did your love of dogs start because you came to los angeles at the age of 20 yes i i came at the age of 20 to los angeles to avoid to have to do uh, a college <laughs> so my parents gave me an ultimatum of uh, you need to do something with your life and um, so I decided to take a, a, a break and come and learn English and maybe, you know, just open up some eyes. And, uh, but ultimately, I grew up in uh, Paris, but my parents and family had a country house. And from there, I would go horseback riding and 
training dogs, hunting dogs, which was, you know, an amazing opportunity for me to get to know the animals. And even though I'm not a hunter, but back then I was 12 and anything in relation to animals was an eye-opening and a, a, a great fun opportunity. So some of my family member had a hunt and so they had horses and I would help them break break the horses and train the dogs for hunting. And that's where it all came from because we had such a, uh, I had such an amazing, amazing um, upbringing combined. All you can hope with animals as far as um, the nature and the freedom of them running and and learning the psychology of breaking horses and how they will function and all that. And so all in all, I spent all my youth and vacation and any time I could at this uh, place in Jefos. And um, it really inspired me to connect with the animals. And and when it was time to to decide what I wanted to do with my life, I was too young, too young to know, like most of us at that age, which was you know nineteen. And so I decided to go travel and see where else what was happening elsewhere because I I had no idea. I loved the animals, but I had spent all my youth with them, and so so I traveled decided to learn English, decided to come to the States because it was a true adventure in the way of England was going to be too close to home, New York was too city-like, and then I figured, well, Los Angeles is kind of far and different, and of course, there was no internet or anything back then, so I just decided to travel and and leave if it wasn't gonna you know, I was really open with with what will come out of it. So it was gonna be uh, maybe do some uh, babysitting and au pair um over there over here and um and see where would that take me and very open, maybe go down South America and and uh, learn Spanish or who knows <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I fell in love with this country almost right away. The the openness of of the people and uh, were spectacular and and unusual for for a French grown up person. So the 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 people that I met were all so inviting and and nice and and uh, that I I really loved this lifestyle here. The sun and and the barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Australian. You're speaking my language, a hundred percent. How did you get involved in training in the states? How did that happen? I um well, I it's it started as after spending some time here and kind of learning the language and. Um, traveling a little bit anyway it came that I wanted to then like really find a job that I that I wanted to learn or and I was missing the horses 
you know, because I had spent so much time on horse, horseback riding and raising and breeding and oh, doing so much of it that I was really, really missing it. And um, that the only thing that I had degrees in was horseback riding. So I could, in France, technically would, could have been a teacher. And so I was thinking maybe I should be doing this, but here, because I, I had decided, uh, this was now 84, I had decided I was going to try to stay, at least longer, for sure. And anyway, so I was like, uh, so I'm going to look into that, because that's pretty much all I know. And But then I was like, oh, I'm probably going to, probably going to get bored also, you know, doing just that. So it was starting to go in my mind of like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then one day, just literally out of the blue, I was watching TV and a cat food commercial came on and the cat jumps on the table and knocks down things and ultimately uh, get to his uh, cat food. And and this is how it just like came up as like a, an epiphany. It, it, you know, it's like, oh my god, that's that's what I want to do. There's people training those cats uh, to do this, and and from then on, um, it became an obsession. And I was uh, being a waitress at a time at a restaurant in Santa Monica called Gelerum, and the producer was a um, a reoccurrent customer, and we had met and talked, and he had done the movie Birdie. And so once he came in, I asked him, I said, you know, I know you had a birds on, on, on your show, and your movie, who did you work with, and so forth. And so he helped me connect with with the uh, owner and trainer, uh, uh, Gary Giraud, with Birds and Animals. But I got, um, so I called and tried to volunteer and I got rejected and I got rejected by other companies that I somewhat, that I contacted. And until eventually I pushed it with, with Gary Giraud and eventually one day told him that I would show up at his ranch. And he's like, well, Okay, we really don't need anybody. We're a very, very small company and and mostly family related. But so I did. Long story short, I did after he was not really compelling about it, and and I basically never left. Since. <laughs> you moved in. I pretty much moved in. I volunteered for a while and then eventually got hired, and I got fascinated by the the job uh gary was amazing too he was uh, he had just done lady hawk and he was not starting but um he was starting his company and uh, everything was so new and so perseverance and uh and just i i just got so fortunate to think of this job um and that was in 85 I haven't left the company. <laughs> I am getting paid now. <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> so I got really, uh, I'm very grateful for Birds and Animals to have taken me in and, and um, 
embrace my accent and <laughs> and uh, and I wasn't very knowledgeable for this specific job, but very 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 willing to learn and do anything. And however, you know, training horses and dogs and stuff, I I had the psychology, but I needed more experience, obviously. But then I rescued a dog um, at a at a shelter, and that dog uh, got almost right away taken for um, the movie Back to the Future Two, the sequel, and and then my and then I also trained was learning with a dog named Bodie, which was Gary's wife, private dog. But it, it got to be really big and really big, and she was she's a very little woman. So um, I decided to take on the training of that dog, and he got hired almost right away for uh, Still Magnolia, which oh um, wow, those were my two first movies, and I haven't stopped working since. Not a bad starting effort. Yes, uh, yeah, it was like it was really great. It was very great. And then after a while, I also I got my hand on the little Jack Russell that was a little terror that had been rescued. He was on his way to the shelter because his owner uh, couldn't take him anymore. He was resentless of problem for the family and their neighbors and and so forth and his name is Moose and and Moose was just um, a mischievous uh, little Jack Russell Terrier that I took on training and and eventually uh, got hired for the TV show Frasier and um, that lasted 11 years so that was that was Quite an adventure as well. Tell me about Moose. First of all, the, what's important is to know the background of Moose, who played Eddie on Fraser. That dog was about uh, over two years old when when I got him, and literally, his owner had been uh, um, her husband had uh, gave her. A, um, uh, an ultimatum and the ultimatum was you'll either get rid of the dog or we divorce because he had destroyed so many furniture and barking and chased and chased horses neighbors it, it got to be uh, it, she had bred him and she had him for two years and he was, I mean, a true terrorist to the point where it, it, it was out of control. And, and her husband giving his wife the divorce ultimatum over the dog is how she ended up um, wanting to take him to the shelter. I got to take the challenge thinking, I loved his size and his look. And um, I didn't know much about Jack Russell's. And, I'm like, well, how hard can he be? And so I got this little dog, and I realized pretty fast that he was resentless and that 
he was actually hard to train because he had his own very very independent his own mind his own way of wanting to do things and extremely you know how most dogs are actually uh dependent of their owners or the the people that they live with and and they're very loving and they're very and also uh grateful for rescuing them well moose was opposite of all of it moose was extremely <laughs> independent mischievous selfish very very selfish dogs he could care less about you petting him or loving on him or um, all he wanted to do is go hunting and run and destroy. He had something with, he, he loved to chew. I mean, he would destroy anything in 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 sight. He once ate, um, I had like a really big, beautiful bougainvillea down in my backyard with a fairly large trunk. And that thing was just covering, you know, the the fence and, and our patio and a beautiful, beautiful tree. And he, uh, and I left him while I was, while I went shopping or something. And um, I came back, he had literally chewed up like if a raccoon would have ate this whole thing. And he destroyed that tree in, I don't know, less than an hour and it died. And he's so little as well. That's that's a fair bit of energy so going on little. there. I mean, he was just resentless, resentless on making your life miserable to the point where I was like, oh, my God. But so what happened is uh, uh, Gary um, called me one day and said, look, we, we have a showing for this TV show, and they want to see seven, seven eight dogs. Let's just take Moose with us just because that way we'll have more dogs to bring up, knowing that he wasn't really trained, nor ready for the part, or whatever part it was going to be. But So we bring all those dogs, and he's the least trained of all of them. And the producers and the um, uh, set decorator was there. And Gary goes, well, do you want to see them work? And they're like, no, 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 we don't really care. And they're all... And they go in line, and they look, and they go all the way to the end of the line, and they go, and actually the um, Ron Olson, the uh, the set decorator at the time, goes, this one. And they go, and he goes, yes, his size is perfect, his color, he's going to look so beautiful on the set, and let's let's hire him. And he got hired only because the size and the look, the brown and white, was going to match perfectly on the set. And I kind of like had a heart attack going, holy crap, he doesn't know anything. And um, <laughs> and they said, well, we're starting in the months, and uh, don't worry, he has nothing to do anyway. And so that's when I, I so that's how we got the job. And that's the part, I should say. And it's also when I really started, you know, working with him a little bit more um, professional way. And and I remember, um, and they said, well, all you'll have to do is stay. Stay places and that's it. 
that we don't need anything else from him. And so I'm like, okay, except that that was the one thing that really Moose could not do. He had no patience, and that dog could not stay still. And I was trying, and I couldn't, I couldn't make him stay. He'll move, he'll, you know, the second, and I would put him back in the spot and try, and and finally I had to like stick him down <laughs> until he realized that he could not move, and and that he had to stay still, and it was such a challenge. And all in all, everything was like that with him. Everything was challenging, and he only wanted to do what he wanted to do. He was stubborn, stubborn in his own little ways. And to make a long, long story short, um, he, this dog taught me everything I need to know about training because it's not like having a golden retriever and, um, you know, that dog was not willing to work with me. However, I had to think of every single ways to, to make him compel. And, and he also turned out that he taught me everything I know, but I, the training and the job and having a purpose in life saved him from you know running away and chasing stuff and uh, because once once we got into a groove together then then he was he was all in even though i had to overthink him he spent his whole time overthinking everything and so uh, i had to uh, be smarter than him, and we were constantly, constantly, every single show, every Tuesdays, had to like challenge each other and see which one was gonna, you know, succeed. <laughs> um, he's taught me so much. He's taught me so much that dog, and as much as he's destroyed stuff, and I'd lost him a couple times, and he escaped, and 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 you know, it's like. It was 11 years or at least nine years because I was, he was on the show for nine and then his son took over for the last two. But it, it was an incredible, incredible love and hate <laughs> story, <laughs> adventure with him. I mean, to do the live shows on Tuesdays, every Tuesday, he will hear the band and he will, and he will become like, a different dog and I had to stay very very super calm and outmind him which mean basically all the training things that I will teach him during the week when it was actually time to perform live and you know when I say perform it's like we couldn't we couldn't we had to perform you couldn't make the the actors and the audience you know uh, wait and 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 not not achieve what he was supposed to to do. So I had to like it was always a a a, a challenge between prepping him just enough that he would know what he has to do, but he couldn't. I had to make sure he wouldn't anticipate because he would anticipate. He'd get excited and he would want to do and 
And so it was such a mind game to know exactly how to train him, what to train him, when to train him, to do enough so the producers could see um, results for rehearsals, but yet not too much so he wouldn't take over once he get on the set and um, so he wouldn't take over his behaviors and his acting because he will be fast at like, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to jump on the chair. I'm going to bark. I'm going to go get the sock. I'm going to come back. And it was like, no, no, no. We got to wait for lines. You got to wait for looks. It was such a, a complex, extremely complex, you know, four cameras. So we uh, we ultimately worked it out every week. <laughs> Uh, and I, 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 I will forever, ever, ever be grateful for this complicated mind, this little brat of a dog, um, teaching me how to be a, 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 a trainer and a person, and and um, and I, I played it off opposite of what he would give me. So he was super hyper. He was constantly trying to think of what I was thinking. So I stayed always super calm with him, very calm on the set. So I wouldn't feed off this maniac that he was. And um, and he could be a little, um, you know, nasty at times. Um, like he, like he, he, he would try to nip every once in a while and... Um, not much, but it happened twice, and uh, you'll take charge. So I ended up um, uh, ghost writing. I didn't really write a, a book, but calling my life as a dog, and it's and it's his life with his point of view, how he trained me, and how he worked everything out with the actors. You know, he got um, farmed in the streets, supposedly, and it's a little bit of rag to rich, rich, uh, riches type of book. However, it's I we did it so with his point of view, because his point of view was really just a, a different dog thinking all the time. I could uh, talk about him for forever because um, I ended up keeping him for. 16 years and like I said it was such a love and hate relationship <laughs> with him I've never had a dog like him since or ever I hope I will again <laughs> but god I mean what a what a gift what a gift <laughs> we had we had had you know such a life together needless to say he has you know, he got extremely, extremely popular. And we traveled everywhere in America. First class, uh, went to the four seasons in every city uh, with or without the show. And he got a bazillion fan mails and a bazillion gifts. And and it, it was remarkable, just, just the whole life with him was crazy <laughs> on the Frasier set did everyone love him yes um he was he was 
he was loved and sometimes you know sometimes it was a little difficult for the actors to be um how chan by a dog <laughs> <laughs> because he was so popular and most of every single one of them really really loved it loved them and at times it was a little difficult for kelsey to to admit that um a dog um could be such a star I think what was difficult for him, what he explained to me, is like, look, I spent years and years of studying acting and, and you know, and opera and music and and theater and, and this little brat <laughs> will come and just show up and basically do nothing and people were in awe and who's and so... It, it was a little bit of jealousy every once in a while, but in general, in until I know exactly my place in the world, and dogs of light will completely outshine me forever. <laughs> so, I've got to ask you because I've had Labradors all my life. Let's talk about Clyde. Tell me how Clyde came into your life. So Clyde is a dog that plays Marley in Marley and Me. And Clyde was a whole other adventure as well. <laughs> How did I end up with all those crazy dogs? <laughs> but <laughs> um, Clyde actually came from a, a breeder, and he was going to be a hunting dog. And um, when we searched for uh, dogs to play that part, we, we needed um, at least three and I found two in rescues, like literally uh, rescues, and um, and and Clyde, the um, the owner. I mean, he was the owner was not exactly super happy with his work. He was a good hunter, but not a good listener. <laughs> a little too goof, and uh, so he was actually happy to had found a new a possible owner for him because because uh, it was tough for him to 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 work with him so he was a year old at least maybe a year and a half and i took on to clyde because that dog was so so spontaneous and so outgoing and so jolly go that um, I, he fit like perfectly the character. And my my way of training is I I don't want to change the animal's personality. I don't want to be a trainer. I want to be a partner to 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 my animals and also. To the script that that um, that I get, and this script was to me a, a, a dream because the dog had to play a dog, and when I met Clyde, Clyde was matching that that dog, so I was like, everybody was like, he's crazy, he's pulling, you gotta get in control and stuff, and and I was like, no. I don't want I don't want to do any of that. I'm going to even let him 
be crazier and teach him to even be even more um more outgoing than he actually is <laughs> and i took all of his personality all of it and made it even bigger but uh, and and just just trained him that he knew what um to break it up into if he had to pull he could pull harder if he had to jump he could jump harder higher if he had to bark and he could do everything was taking up to another level so he would stop but i never said no never uh, i was like good boy yes get it yes and and um opposite of what i did with with moose where i stayed very calm with him we we both went like woo um, <laughs> and the whole entire movie got to be such a fun it was a game for all, both of us i mean all, all of us because I'm such a great like, movie such a great movie Marley and me yeah and so he he had oh he was so great he was such a great dog he he was such a marley such a Molly and a lot of time and the director was was uh totally uh in the same state of mind than than I and so I explained to him I said look I he's he's gonna know everything he's gotta know but I'd like to keep him very very natural let's let's just let's not rehearse with the actors let's surprise the actors and and see what and he was so on board with all of it which was a big part of it you know he was like yes i love it and and um and um so the the actors didn't get to rehearse with them too much because we wanted to surprise them all the time oh wow how did that go and, down was um, it a big no they loved it too everyone was they loved it they we didn't know what exactly the dog was going to do so what I will do is I will rehearse him privately. You know, I had some uh, another trainer that will play the part, and so I would so the dog would know what he had to do because ultimately we're still making a movie, so we we had to find to follow the storyline. So I will I will teach show the dog what he needed to do, but I wouldn't do it with the actors, and so therefore they. A, they didn't know what was coming, and usually Clyde will take on the fact that they didn't know what, and he will go stronger. So if I would say, you know, jump up, go, go get him, or get a toy. I used to hide toys in um, in the trainer's uh, clothes, and so the dog was always looking for something. Or <laughs> uh, um, I would say, you know, go get it. Go get it, Clyde. And he's, he wasn't quite sure what to get. So he'd go like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll get what, huh, what? Um, so we, uh, we had a blast. We had a real blast. He was, everybody was laughing. We couldn't wait to see him perform. And, um, and I'm so glad I stuck to my gut feeling, which was to really emphasize his personality and, and I will get, I will go to um, to the secondhand store and get couches and clothes and and I will let him destroy everything. And that was our training. <laughs> I will give him a cushion. I will give him a couch. 
and I said, go get, get it, Clyde. And he would grab and shake. And I'm like, yes, good, good, good. The, the training <laughs> was so much fun. And he would pull tires and he would jump and knock down people. And, and this was the whole, uh, um, and I'd teach him to bark and jump and hump and do everything. He, he, uh, he was a fantastic dog. But he he uh, he had to hump. Actually, um, two of the other dogs we used were also um, really good that way, and we used them for running. And one of them was a humper. So we, uh, you know, we always have um, we always have for those kind of parts three to four other dogs in, in case, and also to see what personality is going to fit with what scene. And um, and you and you match the dog with the right scene, basically. But for instance, Clyde, the the whole uh, stealing the necklace. I mean, that was a hard scene because we spent, you know, you when you do a movie, it's not like a five minutes thing. You go, um, you 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 shoot it from the front, from the back, from the side. You know, you can't be that close all the time. You have the actors, they have their lines, the cameras, the move. It's very, very, very involved in many ways. And you have to know cameras as well. You have to know the behind the scenes just as well as training. You have to um, visualize your the director's movie. You have to make his vision. Um, you're, you're, of course, I, I love to add and give some suggestions but ultimately um you know it's not my movie so and an action movie like this one in florida uh when it's you know hot and humid and the dog is constantly on you only clyde could have done it but um uh, but the, the the other dogs also and the puppies and and all the trainers and it was such a teamwork and it was so much we each one of us had the extremely good um, memories of the shooting in the scene where there's the home open was it Claude that runs through and jumps straight into the swimming pool in the home oh yes open? I've been around Labradors all my life and I just thought that is such a Labrador thing because they don't care they see water and straight in that's oh, yeah. one of my favorite personal scenes out of that movie yeah yeah we had um I th they kept it in the movie, but there is a, a moment where um, there is a couple in the park playing frisbee, and and the dog is all of a sudden, you know, uh, supposed to be out of control, and he catches the frisbee and he gets it, and he actually literally, it wasn't supposed to happen. He literally jumped in the water, and and uh, and took off, and we were like. Oh my God! And the trainers had to jump. Um, uh, Ray at the time just like literally undressed and went and got the dog. It was they kept that. It was like he he made part of it. He made his own movie. Um, but yeah, that was that was Clyde's life. Just always happy. <laughs> we we also had one. Um, scene on the beach, but you know, in Miami, there is all those uh, uh, bushes. They're not exactly bushes, but they're like um, uh, bamboo-ish kind of. So there's a beach, and then and and all of a sudden, so Clyde is on the beach, and 
and I see him stop and look, and something is moving in 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 those those bamboo-ish, and he he like takes off and goes in there, and, and he finds there is like a paparazzi coming out all in camouflage. Uh, but he thought it was a bird, or he he thought it was a bird hunting, or he went on a hunt and and thinking, oh, there's something in there, and we and he and the paparazzi is like, oh my god, can he I dragged think? out a spy, a paparazzi oh, yeah, spy on set. He's he was funny, he was funny. But the best part is that the director was um, really playing with it as well. Everybody was on board with was his madness we used so much of his stuff it was great and and the actors loved him like jennifer aniston yeah. and owen wilson just loved him they're, they're dog people like massive dog yeah. people anyway. no they were fantastic with him and they were such a team players as well so it was it it surely is one of my favorite movie to to shoot and to still watch although um i was crying watching the dog was with me Oh, it was the the whole the whole vet scenes and stuff. We were all crying while we were shooting it, and then um, and then when and then watching the movie, even though the dog was right there, we were still bulging. So I don't know any guy or girl that's watched that movie that hasn't cried at that scene when Marley in in the movie's getting put to sleep. I cried. I still cry. I can't you know? I know. It's... We uh. We actually used an older dog for that. He passed away like a year later, but he was uh, he was like thirteen or something, and he was perfect. And one of the trainers uh, worked with him, and uh, such a good, uh, um, you know, it was really moving. But also, it was great to have a dog that could play that part so well. And Claude was your dog, Matilda. Clyde, yes. Clyde, yeah. And Clyde is not still with you? No, I don't I don't really have anybody still with me from that era anyway. It's been um, almost twenty years. Hard to say, but um but Clyde passed not that long ago, maybe two years ago. About. Um so yeah. I'm on to her whole New team now. Yeah, still with you in a different way, home. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's the best about making movies with your animals is they're they're all, they 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 always will be. I call it when every time I go off to do a movie, I, I tell my family I'm like I'm off to make history. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, I had oh god, so many. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, my dog Skip. That was that was um, also a beautiful family movie, and that was with Enzo, the um, Moose's son, and and Moose plays the part of the old dog when when Skip becomes older, and that was amazing to make to use those two dogs together in the same movie, and so to watch it is also super emotional and. That they'll always be with me, always. That's incredible. Both of you dogs were in that movie together. Is Cosmo still with you? Cosmo is no longer 
and he was my little angel. <laughs> Cosmo was such a good boy, and we uh, Cosmo was a Jack Russell as well, and uh, we did the movie Beginners with Mike Mills, and it was one of my <laughs> um, super, also one of my favorite. I loved, love working with Mike and the actors, Ewan McGregor and Melanie Laurent and, and Cosmo and the beauty of of that movie and um, um, and Cosmo, nothing like Moose was. Cosmo was a, Cosmo was a, was adopted from a rescue, um, from a shelter. I got him in an Orange County shelter, and um, he was he was a true a little angel to work with, and such a good boy and hardworking, great great dog. That's the other thing is you know all my dogs are rescues and they have stories behind them, and I get them. They're hardly ever younger than a year old so they have a whole other life that most of the time I don't even know about <laughs> um, but it's such a great thing to give them a second it's more than a second chance they, they're giving me a great chance so, but all that to say is training for an animal for for a pet is so important whether he's a private owned animal um, dog or whether obviously it just we can't leave them without doing anything because it's not a right balance for their mind and they really need to have a purpose and I swear for, for all of them but Moose was really um, a, a perfect example of it but so was Clyde I mean Clyde would have been destructive and unhappy those animals dogs are meant to be doing stuff you know and they're not like cats and stuff I mean cats are also they have their jobs but they can do it independently from us us they are looking for directions and stimulations and and they need that they need that uh, whether it's your pet or whether it's a uh, you know a, a dog that's trying to have a job, police dogs, senile dog, uh, you name it, you know, service dogs, they gotta be doing some things and and they're comfortable with it. So acting dogs fits so much, so much the the part of so many dogs that are that are in need of of releasing energies and and directions and being the right hand of a person that can read them. Training is about psychology. It's not so much. You can love your dog as much as you want to love them, but the 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 goal, the ultimate is what they love the most is is to have to be taken to have a sense of directions. You're making me reflect on all of this because. Oh, it's like wow! What a what a blessing. Did you and McGregor succeed in stealing Cosmo and keeping Cosmo at the end of the movie? <laughs> I tried. I told him. I said, "Not even in your dream, buddy." <laughs> he tried, but um, and that was so super sweet. He's like, "Matilda, can I have 
because well, I'm like, no, not a chance. I, but um, he did succeed on rescuing a dog, and he uh, and we worked on uh, the dog. He got a great, great dog uh, rescued, and um, we uh, trained him to uh, be in a sidecar, and he and his dog went on to have to travel together and the dog is in his sidecar and and um it was awesome he's he 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 was a spectacular person to work with just generous of and kind of of his time of his um curious of um training and and just a great person to be around and that's another beauty of this movie is you you get to have personal moments with all of those genius, amazing, talented people that um, that you just share, you know, regular time together. And and suggestions and, you know, you 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 make a movie together and so it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Mathilde, thank you so much for chatting with me today and sharing your amazing journey. Uh, well, I mean, thank you, but I just it's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure to share um, people that will be, you know, interested in, on those stories and, and share time with, with, with you and the audience. And um, yeah, it's an honor. Thank you.